I look fantastic. Hey, before I get started, I want to acknowledge it is Memorial Day weekend. And I know that means late time. Hey, no work tomorrow for some of y'all. Come on. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we wouldn't do it justice if we didn't uh, take a moment to acknowledge what Memorial Day weekend it is. Uh, it is to honor all our fallen soldiers. Uh, so for, the, for family and loved ones if, uh, that we're remembering, uh, we honor them, uh, we salute them. And also just want to take a moment, uh, if I could just ask my veterans to stand up, if y'all don't mind, any veterans in this house? Come on, one church, let's, let's honor them. Let's honor them. We thank you for your service uh, to this great country. This country is uh, great because of the men and women like y'all. So thank you so much uh, for your sacrifice and your service uh, to this country. But my name is Jimmy Sai. I am one of the campus pastors uh, here at the Cattle Mills uh, campus. God is doing some phenomenal things at one church. Uh, God is rocking it over there at our Sober Springs campus. And then we also have a large uh, online community. Come on, online community. We love you. Uh, y'all are part of the family as well. If you're ever uh, in the area of either one of our campuses, we'd love for you to stop by. Uh, we'd love to meet you and get to know you. Uh, but I get the honor of serving some of the greatest lead pastors around, Pastor Brian and Pastor Crystal Sparks. Come on. We love our lead pastors, so thankful for them. Uh, but they'll be back next week uh, to kick off a brand new series, Summer at One Church. Uh, this series is going to be a fun series. We have several things lined up throughout the weeks. Uh, I believe next week we have a snow cone truck uh, going to be right here. So, so come, who likes snow cones? We all love snow cones. Okay, two of y'all. Nobody else? I better not see anybody else getting a snow cone that did not cheer. Because I know who cheered. I'll slap it out of your hand if you get a snow cone and did not cheer because clearly you don't like snow cones. Uh, but we had different fun things going on uh, throughout the weeks. Uh, so be sure. Come back next week. If this is your first time here, you definitely want to come back next week to hear one of our lead pastors. If you're joining us for the first time online, tune in next week. Hear from one of our lead pastors. They are uh, phenomenal communicators. I love them. Uh, but we are in... Uh, Right. Oh, if you need anything while you're here, uh, feel free to just stop somebody with the Dream Team badge. If you have any questions or, or need to know more information, stop somebody with the Dream Team badge. Uh, they're here to serve you. Uh, one of the biggest questions we get asked every week is, how do I get involved and how do I get to know more people? Uh, the Dream Team is that way, I believe. Uh, just like in a sports team, uh, when you're on a team, you're involved right. and you know your teammates. Yeah. So the dream team is uh, very similar to that. Uh, we're a team. Uh, so once you're on the dream team, you're going to be involved yes. and you're going to get to know other people. Uh, so if you've never uh, joined us for Next Steps, and that is our pathway to uh, joining the dream team, uh, I encourage you to join us for Next Steps. It is next week. Uh, you find out more information at IamOneChurch.com slash Next Steps. I'd love for you uh, to join us. But I'm going to go ahead and jump in. If you got a Bible, I'm going to be at Philippians 3.1. If you don't have a Bible... Uh, that is no problem at all. You can just follow along. Philippians 3.1. Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. I never get tired of telling you these things. I do it to safeguard your faith. Can I pray as we continue? Father, right now we just give you this time. We give you this space. And Father, right now for the next few moments, uh, we just say we surrender to you. Uh, we say we come with open and receptive hearts. Yes, yes. Uh, we say just uh, do whatever you want in this service. Father, right now, I step out of the way and allow you to step in. 
I declare these people didn't come to hear a word from me, but a word from you. So, Father, speak to every one of us. Let nobody leave the same. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody said, amen, amen. Uh, just the other day, me and a friend, we were uh, reminiscing bad cars that we've had in the past. <laughs> and when I say bad, I'm not using slang for an awesome car. Right. When I say bad, I mean bad. Like it was awesome to make it from point A to point B, that type of bad. Uh, we were reminiscing some of the bad cars that we've had in about, who in here has had a bad car? Y'all, okay, y'all feel my pain, y'all feel my pain. Uh, we were reminiscing some of the bad cars that we've had in our past. Uh, when me and Nancy first got married, we were double blessed. We had two bad cars. We were double blessed. Uh, not one bad car, but both of our cars were bad cars. Uh, meaning, we weren't sure if we were going to make it from point A to point B right. in either one of our cars. Right. Uh, but but uh, we're thankful about the season is over. Uh, but we were reminiscing uh, the bad cars that we were had. Uh, we had an 03 uh, Saturn View. We named her Marie. Yeah. Bad car. <laughs> 01 Honda Civic. We named him Bahonda. Like Baja, but Bahonda. <laughs> bad car as well. That's why we don't name our cars anymore. Clearly they don't like it because they were bad cars. Um, but we had two bad cars. I remember, uh, one of the scariest times. So these cars would just break down at any moment, uh, for no reason. You just never knew, never knew what kind of mood Marie was going to be in that day. She could be in a good mood or bad mood. Uh, I remember one time we were in, uh, Marie, we were driving up a bridge on 635 and 30 in Dallas. And Marie decided to give out on us midway up the bridge. Come on. The Bible says walk by faith. I did one better. I'm so Christian. I drove by faith. (laughs) I drove by faith. Uh, Our pastor, lead pastors, they have a saying that treat prayer like a steering wheel and not a spare tire. All right, pastor. I feel you. I feel you driving Marie. Marie goes out. Lord Jesus, you're the steering wheel because mine don't work. My car don't work, so you're the driver. Amen. I feel you, Pastor. I'll take your advice. All right. All right. But as we were recalling these bad cars, uh, I started remembering uh, the feelings I would get when we would break down. Uh, the scene was always when we would break down, me and Nancy would be sitting in the car in silence. Right. And there was a couple of reasons we were sitting in silence. Number one is... I'm not a mechanic. Right. I know I look like one, <laughs> but I know nothing about cars. The only thing I know about cars is what other people say it and I repeat it. <laughs> so knowing I know nothing about cars, there's no need for me to get out the car. Right. Just to pop the hood and look in there with my iPhone flashlight. Like there's no need for that. I don't even own a real flashlight. I'm in there using my iPhone flashlight. So there's no need for me to get out the car. The second reason we were sitting in silence is because I would be so furious that the car was broke down. Right. Anybody else get mad about car trouble or am I the only one? No. <laughs> I get furious. I get so mad that steam starts coming out my head. <laughs> and Nancy, knowing this, knew it was best that we just sit in silence. Yeah. We would just sit there in silence. And you got to remember, the car is broke down. And Texas gets hot. So we'd be sitting in silence, sweating. But I was remembering, uh, as, we were, as me and my friend were talking about bad cars, on how 
angry and aggravated I got. And the thing is, our car broke down a lot. So there were a lot of moments of me sitting in anger and silence. Thinking back, that was a lot of wasted time. I wasted a lot of time in my life sitting in silence and being angry. See, the thing is, maybe it's not car trouble for some of y'all, but there are certain people that make you so mad that they take your joy away. Or for some of y'all, there are certain triggers. Our triggers aren't the same, but we all have triggers. If we're gonna be real, real, we all have triggers. We all have situations or events that happen to us that can take our joy away. See, we picked a series that we're in. It's time, strategically, halfway through 2019. Uh, we picked it because 2019 is almost over. And there's some of us that have made zero or little progress in 2019. And if we're not careful, 2019 will be over right, and look just like 2018. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to preach a message today called, It's Time to Choose Joy. Yes. Because I don't want another minute or another day or another week spent in 2019 where we're not living it in joy. Right. See, God's called us to live in joy. It's something that he's called us to do. He's given us joy. It's our, it's our job to choose joy. We have access to joy. See, I think there's a misconception that once we become Christians that we automatically live in joy. Right. Well, that's not, the, that's not, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. So I, I think, I think I, if we're not careful, we can let 2019 pass right. and, and say 2019 passed. There was another year where there was no joy. Right. And just a side note, I still own Marie. <laughs> I still own Marie. I actually make our oldest daughter drive Marie. <laughs> As a good parent, I know she can't live off my faith and my prayers. She's got to develop her own prayer life yes. and her own faith. So Maria is teaching her. She's teaching her something I can't teach her. <laughs> Some of you are like, that's a bad parent right there. Bad parent or good parent? We'll see. We'll see. I'll let you know how it goes later on in her life, how that, how that turns out. But if we're not careful, 2019 will pass us up. And we'll, we'll say it was another year where there was no joy. So I want to preach a message called, It's Time to Choose Joy. In yes, the verse that we open with, Philippians 3.1, I want to read it again and, and kind of dissect it for a little bit. Whatever happens, whatever happens, Paul's writing here, whatever happens. So no matter how many times the car breaks down, right. whatever happens. So even if you get laid off, even if you get let down, even if you get disappointed, Come on. even if that person hurt you, Come on. whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. See, the word rejoice is a verb. You can't do a verb without choosing to do a verb. Come on. Come on. So you have to choose joy. Right. So Paul's writing here, whatever happens, my brothers and sisters, choose joy. Choose joy in the Lord. And I don't want to just dissect this a little bit. This isn't the main speaking point of this sermon today, but I believe I have to dissect it just for a moment. Paul writes at the end, I never get tired of telling you these things. I do it to safeguard your faith. Come on. Paul's writing us to safeguard our faith. Come 
He wouldn't put that in there if it didn't mean it's dangerous to live a life that's not of a joy. Come on. It's dangerous for a Christian's faith if we're living a life outside of a joy. Come on. I read a quote the other day. I don't know the author, uh, but I thought it was a good quote. It's hard for Satan to tempt a believer filled with joy in God with empty pleasures of this world. I'm going to read it again. It is hard for Satan to tempt a believer filled with joy in God with the empty pleasures of this world. Meaning, when we're living a life not in joy, Satan's going to come in and start making things look appealing to us. So it's dangerous as a Christian to live a life not in joy. Today, I want to talk about how to choose joy, but before I, I do that, I think we have to work backwards. I think we have to look at where joy comes from first before we uh, take a look at how to choose joy. So I want to tell you co- a couple ways or a couple places joy comes from first. Number one, where does joy come from? Joy comes from knowing God has a plan for my life. Yes. Joy comes from knowing God has a plan for my life. Jeremiah 1.5. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Yes. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. Navy SEALs, they're some of the most elite men and women uh, in our military. They go through rigorous training. It's actually hard to become a Navy SEALs. I know I tried. They didn't let me. Uh, <laughs> But part of the Navy SEALs training is they have to go through a a week called basic underwater demolition. Uh, They've they've termed it now BUDS, and then they've also nicknamed it uh, HE Double Hockey Stick L for my uh, G-rated audience. Uh, But they nicknamed it that because that's how rigorous it is. That's how tense it is. That's that's how they describe it. It's a week full of uh, sleep deprivation. Uh, intense physical training. Uh, they're tested mentally. Uh, it's, a, it's a week probably described painful. I hurt just going to the gym, so I imagine how that feels going through that training. Right. So I imagine there's a lot of uh, a pain and discomfort involved in the week. And the thing is, 70% end up dropping out that week. But of the ones that finish, you never hear any Navy SEAL saying, well, that was a waste of my time. You never hear any Navy SEAL that endured the pain, endured the discomfort, and say, I don't know what the point of that was. No, they always report back all the exercises, all the discomfort, all the pain allowed me to fulfill my purpose. See, that, that week is part of being a Navy SEAL because they're designed it knowing you have to, uh, you have to understand the pain before you, you have to feel the pain uh, to really be able to fulfill your purpose as a Navy still. And I believe the ones that finish, they're able to internalize something. They're able to look at their purpose over the pain. Right. They're able to say, hey, I'm called to be a Navy SEAL. This pain is nothing. Right. And I believe if we don't get this one right, we're going to flip it around. We're going to let the pain define who we are and not our purpose. We're going to begin to let the hurt define who we are. We're going to begin to let the disappointment define who we are. Right, right. So if we're not care- careful, we'll let the pain define who we are 
and not our purpose define who we are. Uh, I was talking to one of our dream team members uh, a couple months back, and I just asked her uh, a question I asked many. Hey, how did you find one church, and why do you love serving? And she began to uh, uh, get a big smile on her face. She got a twinkle in her eyes. She lit up, and she said, well, the thing is, when we first came to one church, we had marriage problems. Our marriage wasn't doing too good. It didn't look good. I love serving because I hope to be able to meet somebody going through what we went through to be able to tell them that we made it. And what struck me about that is she was telling me this with joy on her face. See, in that moment, she was able to look at her purpose over her pain. She was able to look at her purpose She didn't dive into what marriage problems there were, but I've been doing this long enough that I know marriage problems are hurtful. I know they're painful. No matter situation or scenario, every marriage problem is painful and hurtful. She was able to look past the pain and look onto her purpose. And tell me with a smile, I hope to meet somebody else going through it because that's my purpose. That's my purpose. And that's why we're so passionate here about uh, helping people discover their purpose. Uh, And that's part of our next steps. Uh, That is actually part two of next steps, helping people fulfill their, uh, find their purpose. Because because what you have to understand is in life, you have to allow your purpose to define who you are and not your pain. Number two, where does joy come from? Joy comes from knowing God will work it out. In Romans 8.28, joy comes from knowing God will work it out. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Yes. Uh, recently, I just got back from a family vacation. We went to Florida. Um, and uh, it's a little more difficult getting there than we originally planned. Uh, originally, we planned, uh, we booked a two-way trip. Uh, uh, we were gonna fly there and fly back. And when we went to go check in, our uh, reservations were missing. So our flights were no longer in the system. And in this weak moment, the enemy snuck in and put a whisper in my ear. He said, why don't y'all drive? (laughs) And in my moment of weakness, I agreed to drive. I agreed to make the 18 hour road trip with too many people in the car. I don't know how many people there were, but two is too many in an 18 hour road trip. But we, it, we, we decided to go get a rental car. Uh, the day we left was the day it was hailing in Dallas. So we were driving the hell, couldn't see. Uh, we drove 18 hours, finally made it. And then once we finally got there, uh, we actually saw uh, a notification that the flights that we originally booked they ended up getting delayed four or five times up to midnight. And then at midnight, they canceled them. Wow. So even if we were on that, had those tickets, we wouldn't have made it to Florida. Right. And why do I tell you that? Because God worked it out. He didn't want me to be on the news. <laughs> Local Texas pastor attacks airline worker. Because <laughs> that's how it would have went down if I was at the airport and they delayed me four or five times just to tell me to go home. 
He saved local pastor from attacking airline worker. No, you have joy comes from knowing God will work it out. Yes, it was. Yeah, that wasn't the way I anticipated getting there. But God worked it out. God worked it out. Joy comes from knowing God will work it out. All right, let's look at how to choose joy. How to choose joy. You choose joy by looking beyond what happened. And I know some of y'all's reaction immediately when I said that was, but you don't know what happened to me. You don't know my story. You don't know the past. And you're right, I don't. You're, uh, you're right. I don't know every individual story in here. I don't know every hurt. I don't know every pain. I don't know every circumstance. There's no way I can know that. So I'm not standing up here pretending I know the pain and hurt you're going through. What I'm saying is we have to look beyond what happened. Yes. I'm not saying the pain and hurt isn't real. I'm saying we have to choose to look beyond that. Yes. Uh, my... Uh, my daughter, my youngest daughter is three years old. And during this vacation trip, I learned the very sad thing. She is a bad walker. Yeah, y'all heard me, bad walker. Some of y'all don't know what a bad walker is. So I'm going to inform you what a bad walker is. A bad walker by definition is one that does not honor personal space in crowded areas. Bad walker. A bad walker is one that runs into you in a public space. Anybody else? Does that bother anybody else but me? Like, stay in your area. Stay in your area. So I can't even go to Walmart. They don't stay in their area. But my daughter is a bad walker. So the whole time I'm following her as she's walking like this, just bumping into people. And I'm following her. Sorry, she's only three. She's a bad walker. I'll work on that when I get back home. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry, ma'am. And she just keeps going, just like this. She's a bad walker because she can't see what's going on around her. She's walking around like this. And I believe some of us are walking around like this. We can't see what's in front of us, behind us, beside us. We're just walking around like this. We can't see anything past our circumstance. We can't see anything past our hurt. We can't see anything past what's going on. We have to look beyond what happened. We have to look beyond what happened. I want to read Philippians 1.12 because I believe this paints a perfect picture of what looking beyond looks like. Philippians 1.12. And I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped spread the good news. See, what we have to understand is that sentence is written in prison. Paul wrote that sentence while sitting in a prison cell. And Paul's sitting in a prison cell and he's actually enduring harsh conditions. They're actually persecuting him. They're mistreating him. And in a prison cell, Paul's able to look beyond the cell and say, look at the good news. It's going forward. That's what looking beyond means. Looking beyond, he could have easily said, well, I'm in prison, guys. I'll see y'all later. 
But he's sitting in a prison cell and looking beyond the cell and says, the good news is going forward. That's what looking beyond means. Looking beyond means, hey, I got laid off, but I've been meaning to start that business anyway. Looking beyond means, hey, I got laid off, but I was wanting to start a new career anyway. You have to look beyond. If I was looking beyond, when our car broke down, I would have been like, Nancy, the car's broke down. It's perfect time to make out. <laughs> but no, I wasted the time. Can't get that time back. Can't get it back. Can't get it back. You have to look beyond what happened. You have to look beyond what happened. Second way to choose joy. You have to choose your focus. That's good. You have to choose your focus. Uh, many years uh, many years ago, and for many years in a row, I would have to go to the eye doctor. Uh, who in here has to go to the eye doctor? Quite a few, y'all. Y'all are going to feel my pain. For the ones who didn't raise your hand, I'm going to try to loop you in on the process of going to the eye doctor. Uh, the eye doctor is one of, uh, one of the things that don't make any sense. <laughs> Just going to be honest. Don't understand the point of going to the eye doctor. Uh, they, only run, they run a couple of tests. And the only reasoning behind the test, I think, is one, they're trying to see if I'm human. Because one of the tests, they squirt a puff of air in your eye. And every human being is going to blink. So that's the only reasoning behind that, is to see if I'm human. But I told you I was human when I filled out the information sheet. So there's no need to squirt air in my eye. Because you know I'm going to blink. There's no need to tell me to keep my eye open. I'm human. I'm going to close it. And then the second test they want to see after they figure out I'm human is they want to see if I care about fashion. Because when they want you to, when they ask you to leave, they hand you a pair of uh, hideous sunglasses and expect you to leave in public looking like that. So they want to see if you care about fashion. They want to see if... uh, you go out joyful or trying to hide your face. Only reason I can see why you would go to eye doctor. See if you're human. See if you care about fashion. And then they want to ask you to look through a spaceship looking thing. Uh, and then ask you silly questions like A or B. I don't know. You tell me, sir. A or B. So they want to tell you, look through a spaceship thing called a Foraptor. And in the process, he's pretending he's changing the focus. He's not doing anything. It's a trick. Because they all look the same to me anyway. But he's, you're looking through this thing and he's pretending to change the focus and asking you which one looks better. And you can't give an answer of, I don't know. Because he needs you to pick one. Right. He needs you to pick one. Because the, your prescription is dependent on which focus you say looks the best. Come on. Come on. The same thing goes in our lives. Come on. Right. Which focus we say looks the best Come on. is going to be our prescription for life. Come on. It's good. So you can have a focus on the hurt, the disappointment, right. the letdown, right. or you can have a focus on God. So you have to choose A or B. 
You can choose to have a focus that God has a plan for your life. Come on. A focus that says God will work it out. Right. In Hebrews 12, 2. Hebrews 12, 2. I believe by doing this, we can examine Hebrews 12, 2 to get a clear picture of how exactly this can be done. Hebrews 12, 2 follows Hebrews 12, 1, where it says, run the race of faith. But then 12, 2 elaborates on how we can actually do that. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. The champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him. Because of the joy awaiting him. See, the term joy is used right here and it's fixing to set up a pretty dark scene. Because of joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. See, we're thankful for the cross. We're thankful for the blood of Jesus. But in that moment, it was a dark scene. Right. Jesus endured punishment. Right. Pain. Yeah. So in a dark scene, the word joy is used. He endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. In this scene, how can the term joy be used? I believe there's only one answer. The whole time Jesus had, had his eyes fixed on God. So I believe then the example is us fixing, fixing our eyes on Jesus who had his eyes fixed on God. I believe that's an example of how we choose joy. So in this, in this moment, I'm telling us, we have to make a decision. Just like the eye doctor told me, A or B, A or B. I'm telling y'all, A or B, A or B. What focus looks best for your life? Focusing on the hurt, the disappointment, the letdowns, everything that went wrong, the circumstances, the storms that come up, the bad report, or having a focus on God that says, God's gonna work it out. God's got a plan for me. This pain I'm doing is not the plan for me. He's got a purpose for me. What focus are you going to choose today? What focus are you going to choose today? And before I close, I want to pray for two groups of people in here. The first group I want to pray for, I believe there's some people in here, even as I'm uh, speaking on joy, you can't remember the last time you can say you had joy. You can't remember when the last time you would describe your life as joyful. And I would pray for that first group first. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to come forward or anything. But in this moment, I just want to be between you and God. So I'll pray for this first group first. Father, in this moment, even as I was speaking on joy, some people were even recalling some of the hurt the past disappointments, the letdowns. They were even rehearsing all the things that went wrong. But Father, I thank you right now for a release. I thank you right now that that in this moment that we begin to shift our focus on you. Father, I thank you right now. I even declare uh, joy. I even declare joy over these people. Even though they can't remember when the last time they had joy, I begin to speak joy. 2019 is not over yet. So I begin to speak joy over them in 2019. 
name of Jesus we pray. Everybody said, amen, amen. I want to pray for a second group of people. In John 15, 11, it says, and this is Jesus speaking. These are Jesus' words. I have told you these things that, that you will be filled with my joy. Jesus speaking. We're filled with Jesus' joy. I have told you these things so you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. See, we're filled with Jesus' joy first, then our joy will overflow. I'll pray for the second group of people. As we're talking about joy, I don't think we can talk about joy without talking about Jesus first. So in this moment, I want to give an opportunity for a group of people who've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and personal Savior. Or maybe you've made that decision long ago, but you want to make that decision again. In a few moments, I encounter three. I'm not going to call you forward. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call your name. Um, I'm not going to do anything to point you out. Uh, we don't do that here. But what I am going to ask you to do, just slip, you, just slip your hand up. I'm just going to ask you to slip your hand up. And I just want to know who I'm praying for in this place. So I'm going to ask everybody to bow your heads and close your eyes. Nobody's looking around. Nobody's going to see you. But I just want to know who I'm praying for in this place. As we talk about joy, joy comes from Jesus. If you never made Jesus your Lord and personal Savior, I want to give this opportunity right now to do so. I want to rededicate your life to Jesus. So I count to three. I want you to boldly lift your hand. Nobody's looking around. I'm not going to embarrass you in this moment. One, two, three. Lift your hand. Lift your hand. Lift your hand. Let's pray this prayer together as a church family. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. By your grace, I take your righteousness and you take my sin. Never let me be the same. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody said, amen. Come on, let's celebrate with everybody who made that decision today.